We're back, we're back, we're back. Mic check. Can they hear us? Can they hear us? Can they hear us? Good. Oh, 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 Combo Nation. What is up, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Combo's Court, episode 381 to be exact. Today's show is a recording from the Believe in Magic podcast. We are myself and Max Van Auken discuss Paulo's fit with the Orlando Magic. Chet's upside and other topics as well. Just a fantastic conversation with Max. Go subscribe to the Believe in Magic podcast, which is hosted by Max Van Auken and myself. Shouts to Max. Shouts to the Believe Podcast Network. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. After a little hiatus, we are here. Andrew Combo Salop from Combo's Court, myself, Max Van Auken from the Max Van Auken Podcast, the MVP. Combo, we are back. How are you? I'm doing great. And draft season is behind us now. We're looking forward to Summer League. And Orlando Magic Basketball is in the mix like crazy because they had the number one pick in the NBA draft. And I don't even think we had a chance to talk about it. So, it's great to be back on the Believe in Magic podcast with my co-host, Max Van Alken. I know. How special is that? Now, when we do podcasts about the Orlando Magic, we keep it real. And we've talked about how, okay, they were not a good basketball team this year. There's a lot of things that you can look forward to. It's good to have a young, exciting team, a team with a lot of length and versatility. But they're not the most refined team, and there's no secret behind that. There's a reason why they had the number one overall pick. But now, Combo... There, we do have something to seriously talk about, something that is really positive. Only one team had the number one overall pick in the NBA draft, and that is us, the Orlando Magic. Um, we could dive into the actual pick. Uh, I was wrong. I went on the odd couple, Andrew Combo Salop, and I compared Jabari Smith. I want to just put this out there for the reason why I thought Jabari Smith should go number one. And I compared him to a 9-to-5 job. And I've compared Chet Holgrim to crypto. So for those that didn't hear it, I'm just going to expand on that very quickly. I said Jabari Smith is like a 9 to 5 job where you're going to reap the rewards and the benefits right away. You're going to get that paycheck. Jabari Smith, that outside shooting, he can create his own shot, the defensive versatility. But after a couple years, you put in the work, you can become a CEO. You can make generational wealth. I think Jabari Smith will average 20 plus points per game in about three years. I said Chet Holgrim is like cryptocurrency where he could be Bitcoin, right? He's the unicorn of this draft. He could have the most upside, but not all cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin. Some take a while to develop. I thought that was Chet Holgrim. I didn't think he had as many transferable skills that will be that impactful as quickly as Jabari Smith. Doesn't mean it wouldn't be. I mean, some cryptocurrencies don't hit at all. I, I thought he would hit. Um, so that is why I went with Jabari Smith to be number one overall in the draft. They went completely different combo, and they went with Paolo from Duke, who 
Uh, Rashad is listed as a dual forward. I understand the pick. He could do a little bit of everything. I think he's going to have an impact right away, points and bunches. So on that rant combo, I'll let you take the floor if the analogy made sense. And are you happy with the number one overall pick? I like the analogy of crypto in the sense that Chad has the highest upside. So I guess we could start there. And I think Paulo is going to be a really good NBA player. Actually, I think the top four or five at the least are going to be quality NBA players. I think their floors are all higher than maybe some of them are made out to be. Okay. So I would have went with Chet Holmgren. And I think his floor is a little bit higher than people think because he has every tool on offense. And we could get to defense, which is his most impressive side of the court. But on offense, I feel like he has every tool you need to average a seamless 25 in the NBA, right? Hmm. He can shoot it, pick and pop. He's a lob threat. He has, he's going to clean up misses with his length, length, athleticism, and feel. I think he makes the right pass often, and he even makes advanced reads at times. So I just feel like there's a seamless path for him to be a 25-point scorer. And then on defense, I feel like he's going to change everything as a defensive anchor and a guy who could stay in front of most guards, which is pretty good. I mean, we say everybody can guard one through five. Maybe he can't, but there's only really like four or five guys, even though people say that about everybody that can really guard one through five. So he'll be able to guard multiple positions, maybe not all of them, but protect the rim really well. That's how he started off really early on in high school. He could always protect the rim. He always had great defensive instincts, and the offense kind of came from that. Like the defense was his foundation, And then he started adding things on offense over the years. So I feel like he's going to get easy, effortless buckets. And then he shows flashes in the mid-range of creating his own, which would just be icing on the top. I do understand why the Orlando Magic made this pick. I feel they made this pick because all all of the league's best players, as of now, or most of them, are in the mold of Apollo, right? So Apollo hits... He's in the mold now. He's not as athletic as Giannis. He doesn't pass as good as LeBron or Luka, right? But he is in that mold, as Rashard Phillips would call that mold, the dual forward position, right? Yeah. So I think if he hits, he could be. It could go really well. But also he could be, which isn't a bad thing, he could be a Julius Randle, which is also of that mold, just not as high of a level. I don't know if Paulo has the foot speed of Giannis or LeBron, I don't know if he sees the floor like a Luka or LeBron, but he is that guy who initiates offense. He has really good size. He could create his own in the mid-range. I'd like to see him get less hesitant from three, and that's something the Magic really need. Also, I don't know if the fit is great now. If Orlando felt like this was the best player available, I don't care that the fit is bad. Uh But with that being said, I think Chet goes into a way better situation because he could kind of play off the ball and – get seamless buckets while Paulo there's no shooting around him. So some of space he needs might be clogged at times, right? Everything's going to revolve around Franz and Paulo as of now. And guys like Cole Anthony and Markel folks, they're not really the best fit around those two guys. Right. Right. And I don't think Bamba's going to be there. So where is the spacing coming from? Mm. But I would say that Paulo, I think is going to be a really good player. But the way the modern, where the modern NBA is heading, I don't know if in the future the best players are going to be the dual forward 
mold because I feel like the NBA is going away from decentralized offense. Okay. Now, there's a lot to take away from that. That was a great assessment and breakdown. And I agree. I believe Paolo is going to be a great player. And I think he'll have an immediate impact for the Orlando Magic. I have two things I want to really talk about with you with this pick combo. The first one to me is I got into it um, when I was on the Odd Couple, and I went back and forth a little bit on this point. And I wanted to add this. The number one overall pick, of course you have the highest expectations, and rightly so. They're the number one overall pick. But you don't have to be the legendary LeBron James. You don't have to be these all-time great, great players to be a successful number one overall pick. And that's what I was trying to say. Of course you want them to be successful, but when we put this expectation of this guy has to be a Hall of Famer, legendary player, I'm like, there's only really a handful of those guys uh, you look at Andrew Wiggins, he was in a different situation. Obviously, he was drafted in Minnesota, but you look at him in Golden State, he was a huge reason why they won that championship, and people forget, he was a number one overall pick, and a couple years ago, we're saying he's a bust, but when you have a different expectation, you're like, wow, he's actually a very valuable player who played a big role in winning a championship. So just because he's a number one overall pick, and he doesn't reach the level of a Hall of Famer, doesn't mean he's not a legitimate number one pick. Does that make sense? 100%. Okay. 100%. Because, okay. I mean, half of these guys won't be playing in the NBA four years from now. So even, like, from picks after, let's say, the lottery, right? If you get a quality NBA player that plays 10 to 12 years in the league, that's a win, right? You're not going to get a transcendent player every pick. So I, I 100% agree with you in that assessment. And not every player is going to be LeBron James. And just because they're not LeBron James doesn't mean they're going to be a bust. My point was is that I feel like a big reason why the Orlando Magic took Paulo because he's of the mold of a lot of the league's best players. And I'm not sure the NBA is going in that direction. So I feel like there's a chance that the Orlando Magic looked at an older formula to pick their number one overall. Not saying it's not going to work out. I think he's going to be a very good NBA player. Just mm-hmm. in my opinion, he doesn't have the highest upside. Now, check this out, Combo. Now, I'm doing a little digging right here. And I don't know if it's just the culture that the NBA is now or just the basketball community. Um, I don't know if it's because these guys, obviously, with social media and how fast the game is evolving, that they have a greater impact right away. So last year, we have Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, all really, really good players. Uh, I think Kate Cunningham is going to be that guy. You go into the next draft before that, you have Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman. Yes, he was injured. LaMelo Ball, really, really good draft. You look into 2019, normally the first, second, or third, one of them underachieves more than what we anticipate. I don't like to use the word bust. But you look at Zion Williamson, John Morant, and R.J. Barrett. Really, really good draft. You go, I'm not going to go too far back here, but 2018, DeAndre Ayton. Now, Marvin Bagley, okay, Luka Doncic. Then you have Trey Young. Like, we're starting to see, and you go one more year before that, by the way, very own Orlando Magic's very own Markel Fultz. You have Lonzo Ball and Jason Tatum. Then you have De'Aaron Fox. So we're seeing, like, these young guys have a really big and immediate impact in the league and for their teams right away. So if history repeats itself, he should have a pretty big impact right away in his rookie year to what you were saying um, earlier. You're speaking on Paulo, right? Yeah. I mean, because these yeah, guys are coming in having a huge just, impact. First of all, he's just a good basketball player. Like, 
He's a smart basketball player. He's 6'10". He's a plus athlete. When the shot clock goes down, he's going to be able to create his own. So this guy is a really good basketball player. He's going to be in the NBA for a lot of years. At the least, he's going to be a quality pro for a long time. Yep. I just felt like in Orlando Magic situation, they should have went with upside. They need that like, guy. I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at the pick. You right. Know? Um, he's a real. As I said, he's a really, really good basketball player. So. Right. The second thing, Combo, okay, let's talk about the fit. Let's talk about the lineup because you touched on it a little bit. The fit is going to be interesting because he's not surrounded by a, just a bunch of shooters, you know, that's spreading the floor. What do right. you do? What lineup do you foresee happening? Like if the, if this was the team, um, I know we're entering free agency and there's been a lot of like drama and a lot of different situations there, but if this was the team going into next season and they're about to start their first game of the season, what is the lineup that you anticipate and what is the lineup that you want to see? Because we have a bunch of young players, right? We have a bunch of really talented players. Let's say Jonathan Isaac comes back healthy. What is a lineup that you would like to see? And what do you think is the lineup that they go with? Well, you got to start Franz and Paulo, in my opinion, right? Right off the bat. Markel Fultz is really like, he's their second best player right now. So I think you go with him, even though the fit isn't great with him and Paulo, because I feel like they're both going to want to initiate offense, but I guess they can both weave in and out of that, even though Markel Fultz is not the greatest shooter, but he's just one of their best players. And I like to have my best players on the court. Hopefully Cole could improve as a shooter, even though we like to see him um, possibly come off the bench because he gives you scoring punch. And then I guess you develop Jalen Suggs, but that, that lineup fit is really weird but i think it's some of your team's best players what so, are your thoughts okay so your lineup was just to make sure you had jalen you had markel folds jalen suggs as your backcourt you had france and paulo and then who was your your center jo- jonathan isaac i'll go with jonathan isaac yeah so you have I jonathan know. isaac as your center yes so you're playing that's an elite uh small ball lineup but here's my question though combo because i well, can say not, it's it's not small because france and paulo are 610 that's very true. Okay, that's very true. Yeah. Now, you have a lot of length, and you have guys who can move their feet, but what my rebuttal would be, Wendell Carter Jr. was the guy that was your best player last season. Do you So you don't start him at all? Um, I think that's – I do like Wendell a lot. Um, what would you go with? Because I don't know who you take out of that lineup. I mean, are you going to go – that's kind of like – that's almost like too big of a lineup if you go Wendell, Franz, Paulo, and Isaac, right? <laughs> With uh, Markel at the at the one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's going to be tough to stay in front. Those guys are versatile. Those guys are versatile defenders, but it's not ideal when you're dealing with some of the league's speedy players, you know? So right. what are you going to do there? You, I think, in my opinion, Paulo's the number one pick. You have to start him. Franz, you have to start him. If Jonathan Isaac is is back to where he was, you have to start him. So I do think you need some guard play in there. Right. Okay. Now I, this would be if I was the coach, right? I, and so that's assuming that we, that's even if we keep Mobamba, we didn't even mention Mobamba. I don't know if. Yeah, I would, I wouldn't start Mobamba. I like Mobamba, but you know, he does provide spacing next to Franz and Paulo. He does. So, so I mean, yeah, I think what I would do until we see, maybe this is me cheating a little bit then. If Jonathan Isaac is 100%, that's what I said, so you're right. But I would say at first maybe he comes off the bench. Let's see what he's okay. at. And okay. so my starting lineup would be Jalen Suggs, Markel Fultz. So I agree with you there. 
Um, I would go Franz Wagner. I would go Paolo, and then my five would be Wendell Carter Jr. And then okay, so I, so I guess like the difference would be I would go smaller with Cole, and you would go with Wendell. Yeah. Oh, my fault. I actually, I had Isaac in there. So. You had Isaac at the no. five. Now, if he comes back and he's the the Isaac that we really want him to be, and yeah. he's the then okay, yeah. I, I think your lineup is probably the better line. It's more versatile, and I just really Isaac is just such a unique player, and that's what they asked me too. They're like, could you th- do you think Jonathan Isaac can be that guy for Orlando? And I'm like, of course, I think he could be that guy. Now the question is, that guy? I don't think he could be maybe your number one on a championship team, but if he stays healthy. I think people forget the upside that he was trending towards because he was developing his jump shot. And I know you talked about how we say, hey, this guy, we always say he can guard one through five. But he really is one of those guys where you can be like, wow, I could see him guarding some guards on the switches. He can guard the bigs because of his length. Or he's holding them off and staying in front for him. Yeah, and he has incredible length. Um, And then how he played at FSU. So you know he has that mentality and that approach to the game. He's a locker room guy. I love Jonathan Isaac. The whole thing is availability is the best ability. Can he stay healthy? If he can stay healthy, are do you, are you in the belief that you have to have a clear guy, or do you think, hey, let's just have a unit and just let it organically happen? I think the NBA is going towards what you're saying, not having a clear guy, not revolving offense around one player. And in a way, Franz and Paulo are not really of that mold right now. Franz a little bit more because he plays off the ball a little bit better, but I think Paulo in the Orlando Magic's opinion, for the reason they drafted him, do want the team to be revolved around him, right? As yeah. the number one overall pick. Yeah. And that's kind of why I like Chad, because he could kind of fit in where he fits in, right? And provide spacing and fill all the holes, lob threat. But, you know, they went with Paulo, and I think they plan to revolve offense around him and revolve the game plan around him. We saw in the finals, it was two teams that didn't revolve offense around any one player. That's actually why the Celtics started playing better towards the second half of the year and in the playoffs because they became less isocentric. And yes, Steph Curry, one of the top 10, as I would say now, greatest players ever. Ah. He, he, he doesn't have – the offense isn't revolved around him. Yeah. You know, it's decentralized offense. They kind of have their best players blend in with what they're doing. so I like that version, too. To it's harder to prepare for. Like, when you know the left hook is coming, even though the left hook can be deadly, exactly. it's harder to find a exactly. it's harder to fight a well-rounded fighter with good footwork, the jab, the head movement. Um, they, these are all really good points. But the real question, I, I, I just, ah, Combo, I just really hope he could be that guy. The real question is what Paolo develops into. Now, I just want to throw this out there. It doesn't really accomplish anything, Combo, but... I really wish we had the number one overall pick last year because I'm so high on Cade Cunningham. I feel like he would have been perfect for Orlando. Now, it doesn't mean Pablo well, can't that, be that. That seat, and to, to the point of that, that's the reason why Cade would be perfect with any team because you could fit any type of player around him. You're not rigid with him. Hmm. Because the way he shoots it, that's the big difference between him and Paulo. Yep. He's an effortless and efficient shooter from the outside. And that changes everything. Some of the shooting from Paulo, the hesitancy concerned me. And mm-hmm. also, he's a higher level defender than Paulo. So that, that and I, so I totally agree with you. Right. I totally agree with you. He, Let, he's he's that type of guy that you could build with. You don't necessarily have to build around. Right. Right. Exactly. Now. 
Let me ask you questions on these two players. So this has been a full breakdown of the Orlando Magic. What do you make of Bol Bol? That'll be my first part, is what do you make of him? Because when you look at Bol Bol, the guy's 7'2", yet he can shoot the three, he can move. There's been some questions I've heard um, about his, not necessarily work ethic, but I think his approach to the game. And I don't want to use the word attitude. I'm just going to use the word approach. That's what I keep hearing, and that's why Denver moved off him a little bit. Um, what do you make of Bol Bol, the potential that he has, and the fit he could possibly have with Orlando? Are you expecting much from him? Because he's kind of like that unicorn. If he were to pop, he's a guy that you can't teach 7-2. But there's a lot of big, there's a lot of ifs with him. So when I first saw Bol Bol play in person, it was in a high school gym in Queens, New York. Mm. And it kind of spoke to what you were talking about. He didn't look engaged. The motor wasn't quite there. Obviously, he had the size and the skill set and some athletic tools. So I believe what you're saying because I saw it firsthand in high school. That's what stuck out to me. It's probably in one of my earlier podcasts, me talking about it. I'm sure you can find it somewhere if you go back in the Combos Court archives. Maybe I talked about it on social. Maybe I talked about it on the podcast. With that said, Volvo is a really fun player to watch in person. Since that day, I've seen him play in summer league, I believe once and could have been twice, two different years. And he's really fun to watch and really talented the way you see him handle the ball, his motor was a lot better in summer league than I saw than what I saw in high school. And he could shoot it. He could handle it at 7-2. And he gets to actually play his style of play when he's playing in summer league. So that's so much fun. The only thing is, is an NBA team going to give Bol Bol the ball and let him rock? I don't know if that's conducive to a winning NBA team. So he doesn't really provide a lot of value off the ball. He likes to play with the basketball in his hands, and he's such a fun player the way he handles it, passes it, and shoots it at 7-2. He's like an amazing video game player, right? A lot of fun. But how is that scalable to a winning NBA franchise? I guess we have to wait and see. But a really fun player to watch play basketball. Yeah, I think you put it perfectly. He feels like a video. He feels like a 2K player. Like if you were to develop a 2K to kind of right. be a cheat code. I just, yeah, I'm curious to see if they give him that type of freedom maybe in the second unit and just kind of let's see if it blossoms into something special or if it's like, okay, we took our chance on him. He's That's really not what we need. And so that's what, it's just a really crazy upside, but to not have that much of an opportunity to show it. So that's why I was, he's just so curious to me. Um the second question, Terrence Ross, I heard that the Orlando Magic, it's not necessarily just me and my sources, I'm pretty sure Bleacher Report announced it, um, talked about him possibly being open to be traded. The Orlando Magic are looking at opportunities and just seeing what the market is like for him. He's one of the best shooters on the team, right? You think of him, you think of Gary Harris. They don't have a lot of shooting, and so when you talk about trading one of your best shooters, you have to be really cognizant of who you're getting in return what do you think the market is like for Terrence Ross, and what is the type of player that Orlando could get in return or you think that they need to look into to kind of add some shooting? Because obviously that's their need right now. Yeah, they need to add off-ball shooting. They don't need somebody to create as of right now. I mean, you could always use more guys to create, right? It's such an important skill in the NBA. But definitely off-ball shooting and versatile defenders to put around Franz and Paulo. So – and a player and players that fit that timeline, right? Like 
a Moses Moody type player. I mean, I don't think the Warriors would ever give up Moses Moody, but <laughs> a guy who could shoot it, a guy who could defend, and a guy who fits their timeline would be great. Terrence Ross might be one of those guys that could really help a winning NBA team. Yep. And I don't think it serves him to be on the Orlando Magic right now, even though he will help them win some games if he's on the squad. And he's a better fit with Paulo and Franz than maybe some of the other guys on the team, but he doesn't fit the Orlando Magic timeline. And for himself, I'm sure he's getting to a point where he wants to start winning. So I think it works for both sides for him to move on. I agree, Combo. Um, I saw this report. I know we're about to end the show here. And if there's anything you want to touch on, please let me know. But I saw this report of Shaquille O'Neal talking about how he would his interest in purchasing the Orlando Magic. Clearly, he was drafted and played for Orlando. What Do you feel like that is something that could just re... Um, really rejuvenate, reignite that spark that is seems like is needed in Orlando. Do you think that's something that fans can gravitate towards when you see the Diesel as your team owner? Yeah, I think it'd be fun. And Shaq's actually a really smart guy because I yep. was, I feel like, and I've heard him talk about this before, like he always puts whatever he's weak in, he's gonna get, he's gonna hire people that are strong in those areas. Mm-hmm. So when you're when you have a guy that's that self aware and Another thing is Shaq is such a hard worker. Think about how many commercials that guy's in. Yeah. He probably doesn't have to do do that at this point. So I think he'll do his due diligence to make this team as good as possible. And you know he brings the entertainment value, right? Yeah. Kind of like it'll be like how Jerry Buss brought the entertainment value to the Lakers. I feel like Shaq could do for the Magic. He understands Orlando. He played there. He's a lot of fun himself. He understands the entertainment side of things. He's a hard worker, and he knows how to put the right people in place. So, yeah, I think it would be great for the Magic. Yeah, I'm all in on that. I would love – and it's not – we're not talking about him being a GM, right? We saw how that worked mm-hmm. with Magic Johnson. When you have a guy that's so involved in so many different things, GM, you need to be locked. Your, you have to lock yourself in the office. You need scouts. You need to really just – it requires so right. much attention. This is him being a team owner, so he can put those guys into place – he doesn't need to be in the building every single day evaluating a guy in France. Like he doesn't have to do that. That's why I'm all in on that. Magic Johnson, he even though he's a brilliant guy, a really successful businessman, obviously a crazy successful NBA player, the GM role is just not meant for him in this lifestyle that he's currently in. So Shaq, I feel like that makes a lot more sense. But combo, is there anything else you need to touch on? The Orlando Magic, the draft, anything in particular? Chet's gonna be the best player to come out of this draft. You seem very confident about that. Yeah, because everything just fits when it comes to his game and the way the modern NBA is played. I, I I'm uh, rooting for him. I'm I know for- I know you thought it was Jabari. My thing with Jabari is, um, he doesn't finish well around the rim, and he can't really create for himself at a high level. It was like a lot of a lot of jab step, jab step, jab step, shoot over. You know, his shot is really good. And he could really defend. So his floor is a quality NBA player. I just don't feel he has the upside of Chet. And Paulo is of the mold of the league's best players. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be the best player in this draft. But I would say him, Ivy, Chet, Paul. Let me start over. Chet, Paulo, Ivy, and Jabari are at the least going to be quality NBA players, in my opinion, which is really good, you know, which is really good. And I'm gonna, and I agree with that. 
I'm going to throw this out there. Jaden Hardy playing with Luca in Dallas. We're going to look back oh, at the yeah, draft that, and we're going to be like, is, what in the sorry, world? Sorry, this- sorry to cut you off, Max. That is incredible how that many teams passed on Jaden Hardy. Makes Don't no sense. Makes zero sense to me. To a guy that clearly has an NBA-ready body game, really great shot. He's going to be – him playing with Luka is exactly what Luka needs, is a guy that can also spread the floor, another guy to pass it to that can knock down the three. We're going to look back at this draft and be like, this guy was picked number 37 in the second round. I don't I don't get how many teams passed up on him. But The skill set, the polish – I really don't understand how that many teams, like once you're past 20, right? 21st, you got to be looking at this guy very hard and say like, we can get this guy now. And all those teams passed on him. It's incredible. I don't understand. Like there's something we don't know. There has to be. I was just going to say that there has to be something that was said. Maybe it was just in a room somewhere, an interview. I don't know, because just from what we see, it doesn't make sense. No, I, and I don't even think you have to be, like, the most incredible basketball mind to watch Jaden Hardy play and see he should be a first-round pick. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, it doesn't against, make any against, sense Against pros, in pro setting. Yeah. And the pa- the passing was good. He didn't even have NBA tools. Like, he didn't have a proper lob thread. He didn't have proper spacing. He was clearly the guy for that team. Yeah. And he's a teenager. It th- doesn't make any sense to me either, Combo. Um, yeah. but I'm going to pass the ball to you. No, look, your famous outro. Yeah. Max van, Max underscore van underscore Alkin on Instagram, you know, go subscribe to the MVP podcast. One, two combo on Instagram. Go subscribe to combos court and subscribe to the believe in magic podcast. We're here. This was a fun conversation. Always great talking basketball with you, Max. Talk soon. Talk soon. There it is. Another episode of Combo's Court. Thank you to everyone who tunes into the show across the globe. Shouts to Max. Shouts to the Believe Podcast Network. Punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already and be on the lookout for episode 382. Combo, out.